This podcast may contain adult language and content not suitable for everyone. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Glamazons and Leprechauns, where two women at opposite ends of the height spectrum offer their unique perspectives on culture and society. I am the six foot fabulous Tracy Payne Black. I am the five foot furious Rochelle Sharma. Welcome to our Oktoberfest, where every episode for this month will be catered to the spooky and the frightening and I love all of that stuff. So if you love that. super natural, the super <laughs> natural, exactly. Yes, because and well, starting this episode, really, we're going to be talking about superstitions mm-hmm. and, you know, we're talking about Halloween candy and stuff, but um, there are many people that don't celebrate Halloween that are superstitious about it. I mean, it, it came a, from All mm-hmm. Hallows' Eve. Exactly. It's the, a you know, Celtic. All Saints' Day was November 1st, October 31st. The line between this world and the next got very thin. Yes. You yes. had to satiate all the creepy crawlies that came from the other world to have a good look around. And the best way to do it? Treats. Which, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, mean, I so, have to when I'm feeling rather evil, if you handed me a candy bar, my evil feelings would go down by a good 42 to 68% depending on what that candy bar was. You hand me a Milky Way Midnight, all my bad feelings <laughs> gone. Gone. I'll never do anything mean to you again. Maybe for at least 10 minutes. At least 10 minutes. So I thought since this episode is about superstitions, that we can talk real quick about some of the superstitions you know, associated with Halloween stuff, Halloween folklore superstitions, since we were just talking about all that Halloween candy. So, or just fun facts, really. But yes, Halloween is a night that marks the end of the year and the official start of winter. It is the beginning of the darkness of the year. And Samhain, which later became folded into Halloween, was also seen as a night when the dead returned to their former homes. Heck yeah. Or as the 1903 Encyclopedia of Superstitions, Folklore, Occult Sciences of the World puts it, the night of all the year that spirits walked abroad and fairies were most bold. Plenty of folklore and superstition once accompanied this evening, and while much of it was concerned with romantic fortune-telling, some lore was significantly spookier. Here are a dozen tidbits from the Encyclopedia of Superstitions to get you in the Halloween mood. These are fun. Are you ready? In Wales, a disembodied spirit was thought to be sitting on every crossroad on All Hallows' Eve. So these are um, small structures that allow humans but not animals to pass over fences. Okay. In the British Isles, it was said to be evil to eat blackberries after Halloween because on that night, the spirit called Puka, which is Irish for ghost, comes out and defiles them. Uh, wait a minute. You tell me Puka has his way with my blackberries after Halloween? That's that's exactly what it is. I mean, honestly, blackberries are a summer fruit. So would there really be any of them still around? Well, maybe that's it, you know, because they're probably rotting, you know. Probably rotten. They're, but, you know, you know they're turning. Are still so good. Blackberries are good. In Scotland, you can secure good luck for yourself by waving around the red hot end of a fiery stick and certain mystic figures. Hey, you need to go to Scotland. That involves fire. Exactly. You need to go wave and from sticks. My- yes. And poke people with red hot pokers? Yes. It's good luck. Mm-hmm. That's right up your alley. Some sexy Scottish leg hair with my fiery <laughs> stick? Sign me up. Sign me up. Exactly. Welsh families had an especially creepy bonfire tradition. After building a huge fire, each member of the family would throw in a small child. No, just kidding. Would throw in a small... <laughs> it's a, <laughs> they would throw in a small white stone they had marked in some way. The next morning, they'd search through the remains of the fire to find the stones. If one was missing, it meant that person wouldn't live to see another Halloween. 
Oh, that's a little more. It is. Let's not do that and at your also, next barbecue. A great way to screw with relatives you don't like. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Just pocket their stone and be like, "Sorry, cousin Jeb, looks like you're fucked." Exactly. <laughs> if one was missing, yes. In the Western Isles, it was it was considered bad luck to leave your house on Halloween. Doesn't say why. On All Hallows Eve, the fishermen Probably of all those people with hot sticks. In the <laughs> <bushes>. <laughs> on All Hallows Eve, the fishermen of the Orkney Islands where the where the hell is that? The Orkney Islands made a cross on their boats with tar for good luck. In a moment, though, I've got a lot of, you know, fishermen have a lot of superstitions. Oh, there's so many. The oh, Both yes. Of All of Fun. that. So, yes, they'd um, make a cross on their boats with tar for good luck. If they weren't successful, they sprinkled forespoken water over their boats. And there's an underline, like a hyperlink for what the hell forespoken water is. That's what I was going to ask you. Is that like holy water, but different? It took me to a Google book. It, that says spell under spells. What the? What is this? Oh, this is a maybe book. Maybe that's like maybe that's like bend over oil. It's know? this is coming from a printed book called Folklore Concerning the Orkney and Shetland Islands. You know, I love this old shit. And yeah. it's a chapter that says spells, Orkney for spoken water, and it means when a healthy child. Oh, this is gonna. This is going in a weird place. When oh, a healthy yeah, child ahead. suddenly becomes sickly and no one can account for the change, the child is said to have been forespoken. Or when a grown-up person becomes hypochondriac or affected with nervous complaints, he is said to be forespoken. Someone has okay. perhaps said he's a bonnie bairn or thou are looking wee that day. But they, ha- I'm just reading what it says. But they. Every day that they have spoken with an ill tongue or they have neglected to add God safe that barren or safe be thou for the cure of this malady. The following charm is repeated over water, which the patient must drink of or be washed with. And uh, okay. I, I won't repeat it, but it's, there's a, uh, it's, it sounds very Christian. Is it Christianly. like Honda, <laughs> No, it's not like the evil dead curse. <laughs> It's no, it's more like Father, Son, Holy Ghost, you know, bitten sail thee be, what hath bitten thee. Yes, it's very um, Christian in nature. So anyhow, that's what that's what that means. Anyway, yeah, that is what forespoken water is. Sounds creepy to me. So you've got this sick person. You get this water blast, and then what, a sailor rolls in, snatches it away, you know, flips him the bird and runs off with your forespoken water, like, it's mine now, fool, die. You just put it in a a blaster. He doesn't need it. Give it to me. Number seven, Norman seamen who ventured out to sea on Halloween were said to have the double sight. That is, each one beheld a living likeness of himself seated in close contact like a doppelganger. Oh, that's mm-hmm. And if he was engaged in any work, the phantom was doing the same. Your own shadow person. Number eight, not all superstitions were spooky. Apparently, some had to do with mundane health matters. In some Celtic lands, it was thought that if you eat a large apple under an apple tree at midnight on Halloween wearing only a bed sheet, you would never get cold. <laughs> what about if you have hot flashes? I need something to do for that. Well, then you'd never be cool again. Yeah. In the days before weather.com, they thought that whatever direction a bull was facing while lying down on Halloween was the direction from which the wind would blow for most of the winter. Number 10, children born on... there must have been some bored people standing around watching cows. Like, which way is it going to lay down? Right. Not a cow, but a bull. Those are different. Right. You got to look underneath and make sure. Children born on Halloween were said to have the power to see spirits and converse with fairies. Yeah. Yeah, that's... mm -mm, Forget that. As late as the 17th century, it was customary for farmers in Scotland and elsewhere to walk around their fields with a lighted torch, singing or chanting a piece of doggerel verse in order to protect their fields from harm. When you hear this stuff, there's, there's a few more here, but when you hear this stuff, you start... 
it, you start to realize that, okay, the Salem witch trial made sense because people were just a f- fearful of everything. They were oh, really I mean, superstitious back then. Oh, oh gosh. Not yeah, that they aren't now. So much more uncertain back then. Well, even though it's more certain now that you still have your flat earthers and your anti-vaxxers and your conspiracy theorists and all that, sure. I mean, but these are the same people, I think, that would have stoned stoned you and drowned you and burned you. And, sure. You know, you see where it comes from is my point. You see the evolution yeah. of, of this shit. Um, Halloween was once called Witch's Night or Devil's Sunday and was thought to be the occasion for major celebration led by his satanic majesty. And that's why I know people that like don't want to get into Halloween because it's evil. I, it's not. It's fun. It's fun. It's the best holiday of the year. Witches were said to leave sticks in their beds to fool their husbands and then ride to the festivities on broomsticks anointed with the fat of murdered unbaptized infants or failing that a cat. What are your thoughts on that? What's, what, uh, well, I mean, clearly the cat would be more convenient to obtain. Yeah, but would you like put a stick in your bed and then fly on your broom to a party? I mean, that sounds, I mean, sounds doable. I, boy, let me tell you, they must have had some really observant husbands. <laughs> oh, Fanny, I thought you were a stick. And with the cat, it says all Scotch boys will remember how tired the cats were the day after Halloween. You know, because they've been riding out all night on their witch's broomstick with them. Right. Again, these are all real from an encyclopedia of superstitions and folklore. This is real shit. This isn't made up. Yeah, but it, something tells me that there's a lot of storytelling to pass those dark... Well, yes, to pass those dark nights. You went from a period of very intense activity with harvesting, you know, your goods and everything, um, to having to find ways to pass the time and hope you didn't starve to death. You almost Which sounded like scary. a. I hope you didn't starve to death there, matey. With the R, you didn't starve to death. But but what a hard life to not know if you were going to see the end of winter. To wonder if you were going to have enough food in your stores to make it. I I get mad when the grocery store is out of something I want. I can't even imagine what it would have been like <laughs> back then. Well, yeah, it's like, like I made that. Pineapple, uh, right? I mean, that pineapple, pineapple upside down cake and went to the, had everything for it except the pineapples and went and they were all out of the, what do you call those? The round, uh, the round pieces. The rings. Yes, the rings. Yeah. Now, where's my what mind today? It was an inconvenience. Where are, I can't make a pineapple upside down cake without the rings, but I did. I just did it with chunks, yeah. but yes, I was livid, livid. But I think, I think superstitions were just a really good way to displace that fear or to find something to blame it on that's that's it right there to blame it on you know because no one can take responsibility for their own shit one little thing maybe this tragedy won't happen to me but there were a bunch of if i just do this little one thing there were a bunch of things like that i think is a point well i think Um, by the end of the day it was oh you didn't do that 482nd weird little thing so now you starve sorry you're gonna die you're barren is going to go bye-bye. Right. You should have used the blood of an infant for that, you know, or whatever. Fat. Nobody wants the blood from infants, dude. It's the fat. That's the fun part. Honestly, <laughs> though, how many fat babies were there? I don't remember babies being terribly fat back then. Well, not that I was there, but weren't I don't babies know. skinny up until recently? I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. So... We talked in our mini-episode a little bit about numbers and then number 14 because our episode was supposed to be 13, but we were a couple episodes ahead of ourselves. And again, that's just bad. another bad luck misfortune on our part. The fact that we miscounted our Friday, the, or not Friday the 13th, but just our 13th episode ended up being our 14th. Anyhow, the point is um, tetraphobia is the term of the practice of avoiding instances of the digit four. So as we talked, 14 was bad luck in some Asian nations. Um, and there are lots of superstitions with that. So tetraphobia is avoiding 4 and 14 and 24 and, and um, 74, which is the year I was born. Oh, man, you are old. 
Were not you born in 74 too? 75? Yeah, I was. Yeah, but, stop you know, it. You're like two months older than I'll me. Oh, cut grandma, it out. So grandma. Me like, when... Never. <laughs> Never. So much older than me, Gam Gam. Tell me what it was like when you were young. <laughs> so, yeah, just as you were saying how we don't have 13 floors here, 13th floor on an elevator is just, it goes from 12 to 14 or in a, in a hotel. Same thing in those countries of all of those. 14, 24, or 42, any of those are to be avoided due to the presence of the digit four in these numbers. So in those countries, the floor numbers are often skipped in hotels, apartments, hospitals, etc. Those numbers are left out of wedding dinners or other social gatherings. So you'll never, you know, hear a party of four, seeing a table with four chairs is quite common. Not there. Probably five. All of that stuff. The number four. I think it's pretty interesting. A lot of Western has the issue with 13 because of uh, the Last Supper, 12 apostles plus one Jesus. Something's going to go wrong. You know, one of them's going to sure. not it, work out. One of them's so, not going to work out. Well, you know, I think it comes down to if you, so here in the West, nobody really likes 13, but there are instances where 13 is kind of prevalent. The first thing that comes to my mind is um, in baking, your baker's dozen, where you would make 13 of something so you could try one and make sure it tasted okay. Right. So um, that's not... No real issues there. That's not considered to Bad be like, luck. Right. Right. It, it's a mm-hmm. bonus for me, the baker. Okay. What kind of... Um, what do you have? What kind of superstitions... So when I went looking for superstitions, of course, my first thought was, let's see if we can find any superstitions on height. Um, not a lot out there in regard to height. I did find a couple on a Turkish superstition website, and it said that if you jump over a child, it will remain short. And I would like to know how many people jumped over me. <laughs> um, Nobody jumped over me, apparently. Like, oh, I, you know, that's interesting. And then the, uh, the other one, and this one kind of makes sense too. So it said two babies cannot be left alone in a room before they are 40 days old. Otherwise, one will become very tall and the other will be very short, which is called Kirk Basson. Oh my now, God. Now here's what's, here's what's weird. We were separated at birth. Maybe, or <laughs> <laughs> my point would be, that's not possible. You're so much older than me. Um, but My cousin and I were born the exact same day, and there are loads of pictures of us, you know, together as infants, and he is very tall. He's over six feet tall. He's like, I don't know, not quite as tall as your husband, but pretty close. He's very tall. And then there's me. And I'm like, oh, they must have turned their backs on us when we were babies. And that explains my cousin Tom and myself. You were born on the same day, you said? Yeah, same yeah. day. Uh, he was born at noon, and I was born at six at night, and we were both born on our grandmother's birthday. Yeah, that's weird. So, yeah, they, she was at work, and they were trying to throw her a birthday party, and she got the call that my aunt was in labor, and then she came back to work to start the birthday cart party up again, and she got the call that my mom was in labor, and she ran off to have another grandchild. <laughs> we made it into the paper. There was a little blurb about us. It was cute. Oh, that is cute. But uh, the Turkish superstitions were super fun. Um, as a matter of fact, my favorite was about chewing gum. Oh, my gosh. In Turkey, in Turkey, you should not chew gum after dark because then the gum becomes flesh, like human flesh. <laughs> and you turn into a zombie for the night. You're basically chewing on a dead body if you chew gum at night. And I'm like, how? That is the best way for a mom to get a kid to spit their gum out so that it doesn't come out while they're sleeping and get in their hair or in the sheets. I ate his liver with fava beans and a piece of juicy fruit. So fun. Uh, The Turkish had a lot of really fun superstitions that surprisingly were pretty similar to lots of other superstitions that are out there, which to me just sort of shows that there's a common thread to all of these superstitions loads of superstitions about you know like spiders like you can't mess with them at certain times or in certain places well of course not you know spiders don't eat your food but they eat the bugs that do eat your food so you don't really want to mess with them who wants to go mess with spiders i think that's I don't know. weird i don't 
I don't kill spiders, but it's the whole, you know, enemy of my enemy is my friend. Like, I don't mess with spiders. I don't kill them. I just... Um, If you're a black widow, you're going to die in my house. Sorry. In the house, yes. But outside of the house, I leave them be. I just let them do what they got to do. So then I was like, okay, well, since I can't find a lot of superstitions in regard to height, I was like, let's go look at superstitions about women. And of course, a lot of those superstitions centered around uh, menstruation sure. and basically the fear of it and other people's fear of it. But these were ones that I found highly entertaining about menstruation. Camping on your period? Oh no, you're going to bring bears. You're going to attract. Well, sure. <laughs> you're going to attract bears. Uh, cooking on your period? No. Didn't say specifically why. This I have to agree with because I'm kind of a grouchy bitch. You're not going to get a good dinner. I'm sure it's a cleanliness thing or whatever. I don't know. Uh, In the Middle Ages, were you on your period? Bitch, stay out of church and stay away from the milk because you're going to curdle milk and you're going to mess with jam. Oh, wow. I was like, really? You're going to mess with jam just because you're on your period? Like somebody made her mad. She messed with that jam. Don't mess with my jam. I found um, a lot of superstitions especially some of the older ones really uh, and a lot of the halloween ones center around trying to determine your mate your prospective mate halloween ones specifically were things like if you blew out a candle you were supposed to really pay attention to that curl of smoke just after you blow the candle out it was supposed to give you an idea of who you would marry whether it was an initial or the shape of something of your prospective spouse's uh, job. Like if it looked like a shoe, you'd marry a cobbler. Did you know a single cobbler? Uh, My favorite was the four-leaf clover superstition. So we know four-leaf clovers are good luck, right? But did you know they could help you find your prospective mate? And this is where it gets magical. So you find your four-leaf clover. And then in order to activate it, you had to eat it. And once you had eaten it, the first person that you run into after you ate your four-leaf clover would be your future spouse so maybe don't eat it in the walmart parking lot (laughs) (laughs) i've never found a four-leaf clover have you in a field of clover long time ago i'm long enough to lose it i have a patch of clover in my backyard if you get bored you can come over and stare into it see if you can find it one quick note on you were talking about um, menstruation and you know everyone thinking women were were crazy I don't know if you knew this, but the word hysteria comes from the Greek word for uterus. Yes. Hystera. So you were crazy because of your uterus. You know. That's basically it. So women were locked up in uh, sanatoriums, etc. for having hysteria, um, all from their woman problems, you know, basically for PMS. Think about it. Like when you're you're on your period and you're cramping and stuff, that is when you are least likely to take shit from a dude without trying to put him in his place. I, the whole idea that you had to go like live in a separate house and you couldn't cook or clean or do anything for your family while you were on the rack seems seems like oh well that's crappy. But then I'm like oh well that kind of sounds like a vacation too. Well, <laughs> we've talked about that this before. Like right? There's places where girls can't go to school. In certain countries when you're on your period. Some girls earlier, was it this year or last year, like were expelled or something because they went to school menstruating and didn't tell anyone and they touched somebody. And I don't know. They were, I'd have to look it up. But anyhow, yes, you, there are places oh, yeah. where you still have that, have that quote unquote, you know, red tent idea where you need to um, be excluded or yeah. isolated somewhere, quarantined while you're having your period. I don't know if that's so much as superstition is just fact. I think it probably improved people's lifespans because let me tell you, I am not the nicest person in the world when it's that time of the month. You might get murdered. Well, you're angry anyway. Let's see some of my other favorite ones. Uh, some of the old ones that we all know. So itchy palms, you know, when your palms itch, what's that usually mean? Has to do with Monday. Oh, it does. Itchy palms usually. Oh, yeah. Itchy palms, uh, the superstitions there are about money. And then you've got your left and your right aspect. So right palm itches, you're going to spend it. Left palm itches, you're going to get some. 
going to make that money. And then your ears, same thing. Your ears itch, right? So do they itch on the outside or do they itch on the inside? The inside. What does that mean? So that usually means that somebody, when your ears itch, people are talking about you. If you can scratch the itch easily, like it's on the outside, then they're saying something nice. But if that itch is where you can't quite get to it, it means they're saying something not very nice. Well, if someone's talking shit about me a whole lot. Heck yeah. Somebody (laughs) talks shit about me constantly because I had some itchy ass ears. But I thought that that was kind of interesting, like really sort of basic things like, oh, you know, you sneezed. Well, it means this. Wait, I think I lost my sneeze superstition. Oh, this was my favorite. So this was uh, down a weird reading rabbit hole. Flip-flop superstitions. Yeah, there's a lot of superstitions about flip-flops, although the shoe? they're from different countries, so they're not called. Yeah, yeah. Um, in India, they're known as chapels, sandals, slippers, you know, but they're flip-flops, basically. So really fun things. No upside-down flip-flops, yo. If you're going to take them off, you need the soles on the ground. If you flip them upside down, lots of bad things can happen. Anything from death to just a general bad luck. Or in Japan, you screw with the weather when you put your flip-flops upside down. So don't do that. That means like when you kick them off, if you kick them off and they're upside down? If you kick them off and they land upside down, super bad luck. Don't do that. All right. Ways that flip-flops can be good luck. Tie one to your bumper on your car. Supposed to be super good. Sounds tacky. Supposed to ward off evil. I'm not tying a fucking (laughs) flip flop to my mini. My mini. Why not? How fun would that be? You could get it. Look at it this way. It doesn't have to be a flip flop your size. You're not going water skiing. You get little baby flip flops tied to your bumper. (laughs) Maybe you wouldn't be in car accidents. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about some sailor. Yeah, Uh, I've got a bunch of those. Really fun. Those are fun. The first one I know of is no bananas. Yes, I found that one too and laughed for like 10 minutes. I'm like, sailors don't like the nanners. Yes, they have long been thought to bring bad luck on ships. Um, Most cases of disappearing ships happen to be carrying cargo fulls of bananas at the time. Fishermen never caught anything while bananas were on board, supposedly. Another danger caused by monkey's favorite fruit fermenting so quickly was that in the heat of the storage hull, bananas would produce deadly toxic fumes. Yep. And then a final theory on the perils of bananas at sea is that a species of deadly spider would hide inside banana bunches and their lethal bite caused crewmen to die suddenly, heightening the fear that banana cargo was a bad omen. So, so much so did the, did you read uh did you come across the the blurb that said even to this day uh boatmen did not like having even banana scented sun lotion yeah they didn't want that they would avoid it because bananas carry such stigma yeah this no banana fine. boat for the sailors yeah so so i was thinking about like why would bananas of all things be such a bad omen my thought was Bananas do perish rather easily, and I, I feel like you would maybe make some bad judgment calls trying to get from one port to another in time to get those bananas off your boat. You would maybe go through a storm because you needed to get there to get this cargo delivered. Do you but, see what I mean? Well, not if you picked them and they were green, you know, green right. bananas, but yellow bananas. Anyway. What else you well, got? Look at it this way. You're out in the water and the water's cold. And if you've got them down in your hull, you put a banana in your fridge and it gets ugly fast. Right. But they stay. They You can put a banana in your fridge and it gets ugly on the outside, but it's still OK on the inside. Yeah, but have you ever gone to the store and been like, oh, yeah, that black banana looks delicious. <laughs> I want to buy it. No, I only buy green bananas because I like them. Uh, Ooh. No, that's I don't, not good for you. Well, I don't eat them when they're green, but I buy them green. And then I like to eat them when they just barely turn. I don't like no, yellow I, bananas. That They need to have still have a little green on them and be hard to peel. I think that bananas are like children. They're only delicious when they have freckles. When they're rotten? No. That's no, when you make bread rotten. with them. They need little freckles. No, they need freckles on them. All right, moving on. No women <laughs> on board. Did you see this one? 
Yes, women... unless they got their tops off because apparently our luscious <laughs> tatas calmed down the ocean. And that was why they had uh, the uh, topless mermaids. Yes, naked yeah, women the calmed the sea. It says her bare breasts shamed the stormy seas into calm and her yes. open eyes guided the seamen to safety. Is that why boats are named after women? So they could guide the seamen into safety? Haven't you? I, doesn't that have to do you being so into English? If the sex of something is not known in language, it's usually uh, use, you use male. You would say he if you didn't know. That's but. just the patriarchy. Sure, but in regard to boats and cars and train, all of those, verbally they're described with she when they talk about cars and boats. They would say she does this. And yes. I think it's because they make guys mad. Well, so. here's some history on that that I, that I just found. Traditionally, ships are given female names because it has been surmised that in ancient history, ships were once dedicated to goddesses. When belief oh. in goddesses waned, ships were named after important mortal women. Couldn't do with the shape, right? Shape but of most ships is a little vulva-ish. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that till now, but you could have a point there. Um, son of a gun. Male children born on the ship were referred to yep. as a son of a gun. That's where that comes yes. from. Because usually if you did allow a woman on a ship, which was pretty rare, um, and she was pregnant, which double rare, they would take them to the gun deck to give birth. Yeah. Probably because of the, the little windows for the cannons. You could get some fresh air in there. You had a good source of natural light, but you weren't up on the deck. And then, yeah, if you were a boy born on a ship, that was good luck. That's messed up. Oh, my one of my favorite sailor uh superstitions was no whistling because you could whistle up a storm exactly like, oh, that's fun exactly and that also um, crosses over to theater as well because in the good old days of theater scenery was manually lifted into the air by men hoisting it with ropes um, just like sailors so mm-hmm and the stagehands would cue each other by whistling. So an actor who whistled backstage might accidentally cue a stagehand to lift or drop the scenery. You know, putting wow. a, a performer at risk. At risk? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, no whistling in theater either or on the ships. So, and I whistle all the time, so I have to be careful with that. I whistle all the time too. It's a bad habit because people get pissed. They about get whistling. pissed, and I'm a good whistler, so yeah. I think they're just jealous. But it's a trigger thing for people. I have a couple of friends who get like instantly angry at whistling. It's a very visceral response with them. Don't whistle. I hate right. it. And I'm like, why? Did somebody abuse you while whistling? What? What's happening? No, I just hate it. I just and... hate the whistling. <laughs> Another sailor superstition, red skies at night. Red skies at night. Oh, right. oh, 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 oh. I know this one. Red skies at, at night, night, sailors, sailors delight. delight. Red skies in the morning, sailors, sailors take, take warning. warning. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So anytime I'm watching a movie and like there's a ship and they wake up in the morning and it's red and I'm like, oh, there's going to be. Oh, there's going to be problems. You know, George Clooney's going to sink in this one. That's what's. <laughs> That would, that's what that means. Um, did you I, see this? Nice knowing you, George. Deathly Lexus. Did you see that? What's that? I did. I did. That was where you just couldn't even use words. You couldn't say drowned. Like, hey, you're on a ship. Oh, yeah. Don't say drowned. You know? Don't say anything about, yeah, yeah, things like that. Don't even, don't even put it out in the air. All right. Here's my favorite, of course. Beware of the lurking shark. You know, a shark following a ship is a sign of an inevitable death. Like he knows, we, he knows something's coming. You're going to need a bigger boat. Snack. You're going to need a bigger boat. Exactly. Welcome the lurking dolphins. Yes. Dolphins are a good sign. I think we all kind of knew that too, right? It means Very that there are any sharks. Uh, don't sail on these days. Fridays are considered unlucky because Jesus was crucified on a Friday. Yep. Friday is usually a good day for me. Thursdays are bad sailing days because that's Thor's day, the god of thunders right. and, 
and storms. Known to be very stormy because yes. he was the god of thunder and lightning. Exactly. Sure. The first Monday in April is the day Cain slew Abel, so no no sailing on that day. And the second Monday in August is the day the kingdoms of Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed. So you can't sail on that day either. <laughs> um, superstitious sailors believe that the only good day, day to set sail is Sunday. Well, I do know that a lot of sailors would get saints tattooed on their backs so that if they got in trouble and were, you know, going to get lashed, yes. they thought that... Uh, they were the protected. Would protect them, mm-hmm. or more likely that the guy doing the lashing would go a little easier on them because it was considered to be bad luck to lash the image of a saint. Right. Um, redheads were avoided. Heck yeah, um, they were. No redheads on boats. So we're both, you know. Mm-mm. They And they were definitely avoided off the boat as well because it was considered unlucky to encounter them. And uh, the only way to really dispel that was to talk to them before they talked to you, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, it says one's, um, redheads were thought to bring bad luck if you happen to encounter one before boarding a ship. But if you speak to them before they get a chance to speak to you, you're okay. Could you imagine being one of those freckle-headed soul stealers and all the people just running up, getting in your face, trying to talk to you before you could talk to them? How irritating would that be? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd stay I'll just the, take uh, the risk of with the shark, is I think what I would do. So um, I mentioned um, theater and the whistling. There's a few others with regard to theater. So a bad, oh, there's a ton, there's a ton of theater. Yeah. I love some of those. Um, a bad dress rehearsal means a show will be a hit. Usually that that's true. Um, blue should not be worn on stage. I didn't know of, of that one before. Blue dye was the most expensive of all fabrics. So in an effort to discourage spending money on that, that was a rumor that was started because that blue costumes were unlucky to wear. So, that one I had never heard before. I had not, not heard of that either. Never light a trio of candles. An open flame on stage is already a risk. But yep. the more burning candles in production, the greater chance that a fire gets out of control. We, you know, Nowadays, we just use the, the flickering, the LED fake ones anyhow. Right. I had, I had heard that a trio of candles, which I always thought was interesting because it made me think of the old superstition about it being bad luck to have three on a match you could light a match but you didn't want three people to light their cigarettes with that match that was bad luck it was thought that that would give a sniper enough time to kind of like hone in on you and shoot you right so i wondered i thought that was kind of interesting you know three in the flame coming up again back in the day theaters had thatched roofs just like the original globe theater in england and it burned down when a cannon was set off during a production of Henry VIII. Yes. Yeah, it burned down and now they rebuilt it and moved it. That. Yeah. Another one is um, when you leave the theater, you turn on the ghost light before leaving yep. and it stays now, on. I do know about the ghost light, but remind me, the ghost light is on stage or yeah. the ghost light is in the back? They put it on the stage, in the middle of the stage. Okay. Um, it's to keep the ghosts... Um, a way that haunt the place or to keep them happy and also for safety. Yeah, it's it's thought to ward off ward off bad spirits. Now, is the ghost light used only while a production is running? I always thought that they had the ghost light to keep people from like tripping over your set and stuff and ruining things and not having enough time to rebuild your set. Yeah, it, it That's plays interesting. Yeah. So it has um so it's not just when a show's going on, it's all the time. You're supposed to keep it on. Never bring a peacock feather on stage. Ah, the old evil eye. (laughs) Exactly. Looks like an evil eye. I didn't know that one. No theater production wants to risk offending. Mirrors on stage are bad luck. That one I did not know. That's Mm -mm. interesting. What is that supposed to be? It says they reflect light, which is tricky to place on stage without wreaking Mm -hmm. havoc. Um, Old superstitions that mirrors are a gateway for evil spirits to cross over to the world of the living. So that's more. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Whistling, of course, we went over that one. Um, Never give a performer flowers before a show. I mean, that that's all I've ever gotten (laughs) is get them before the show. I was going to say after. They think it's a bad taboo. It's a way of telling an actor that you loved what they did on stage. Uh, It's so to give it to them before the show. Um, it's like 
fake because you haven't seen them do it yet. Well, isn't it also really in a, in, inappropriate to, like, wish them good luck? That's why they say break a leg. Exactly. Like any type of good luck or you're going to be great or any of that, you have to kind of say the opposite. Break a leg or you suck or... Yes, there are mischief-making spirits of the stage who use their magic to force the opposite of what you wish to happen. So that is why you say, break a leg. Um, I thought there were some other reasons for that, too. There's a few different stories on what break a leg means, but that's one of them. Also, you never, no one ever says Macbeth in the theater. You're supposed to say the Scottish play. Because every time you... Anytime someone puts on a production of Macbeth, something happens. And I admit, I went to see the first time I saw a production of Macbeth. And in fact, this might be the only time I've seen a production of Macbeth in person. The power went out during the show. Uh (laughs) The power went out for a few minutes. Yeah. And then they finally brought it back on and picked the show up where it left off. But yeah, the entire theater went black. Everything. So yes, it is cursed. Like some spooky movies which we'll talk about in our next mini sound yeah believe it or um, not we're kind what? of near the yeah we talked a while about superstitions what do you have any others that you can think of off the top of your head so i was going to talk about my own personal superstitions like, oh yeah even though and it's really funny because as as we've talked about before like i don't really believe in, a, in any religion i don't believe in any of that you know, if, if you want to believe into it, hey, more power to you. I don't think down on people who believe in religions or gods or deities or any of that. But do I practice superstitions in my day-to-day life? I do. Uh, so knock on wood, that's a big one, right? You'll hear me say it. You'll see me knock on wood. Why do we knock on wood? Well, two reasons. Um, so way back in the time of the Druids, They believed that spirits resided in wood and you could approach and knock and ask for favors. Nowadays, we do knock on wood to sort of like if we speak of good fortune, we knock on wood to try to dispel anything, you know, from changing our good fortune. The other one comes from, and I've seen this, but I didn't understand why, say you were in a pub and you were meeting a group of friends when you came to the table instead of waving or greeting them you would knock on the top of the table on the wood on the table because it was thought that the devil couldn't touch oak and by knocking on the table you proved that you were you and not the devil trying to get in with a group of people what's another superstition that i do i oh i throw salt over my shoulder anytime i spill salt i toss it over my left shoulder i don't put it in the garbage can well some of it goes in the sink of course but any salt that gets spilled gotta go over the left shoulder gotta throw it in the eyes of the devil that's what i was told is that what is that what that means yeah salt is purifying you chuck it in their faces i thought that was fun opening an umbrella in the house or walking under a ladder but i don't know the reasons behind those things so i do know the one the reasons behind the umbrella um umbrellas not used just for rain like there are a lot of places where they use umbrellas to guard against wind sunlight blah 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 so it's an it's an item of protection if you open it in your house, it's kind of an affront to the protective spirits in your house. It's like you telling them that you don't think they're doing a good enough job and they get offended and they'll leave. So it's a way to lose the good luck spirits that are in your house because you're basically telling them, yeah, you're not doing a good enough job. I'm going to open this umbrella. Oh, the other thing that I found that I thought was interesting about superstitions in regard to good luck charms. Say you have a good luck charm and it breaks. Yeah. And you think, oh, that's bad luck. No, it's not. It actually means that the charm worked. And of course you should get a new one, but it it got used. <laughs> Your good luck charm got used and that's why it broke. But we'll talk more about those things in our next episode. What do you want what do you want to call it, Rochelle? I don't know. Spooky. Our creepy, well, we psychic, about... witchy family shit. Yes. Spooky bitches. Spooky like bitches. How the women in our families have experienced a lot of supernatural phenomena, ourselves included. Yes. So, yes, spooky bitches will be our next exciting topic for October. Spooky bitches or witches? Spooky bitches. Spooky bitches or you spooky said... witches? It's October. I gotta say witches. Spooky witches. 
If you have any questions, comments, concerns, write to us at feedback at galpodcast.com. That's feedback at galpodcast.com. You do not have to spell the word leprechaun. We actually like you. So write to us. We'll talk to you later. Bye. So it's crispy M&M's with the oily mouthfeel of butter flavored popcorn, but there is no butter flavor. You know, we have the M&M peanut butter. Love those. Those are pretty good, but I'd rather eat a Reese's Pieces. Or I call them Reese's Pieces. I stick them in the freezer and I eat them frozen. Oh, you like them that way? Oh, yeah. Um, We tried the M&M brownie flavored. No, thanks. No, they weren't as good. I love have you tried the M&M pretzel? Because those are my favorite. I think Where I, there's a little pretzel. Yeah, there's a little pretzel. Okay, I'll have to try those. And oh so, and then we have the M&M crispy. Yes. Yummy. Those are good. And then M&M almond. Those are my favorite, really. Those are the yeah. most delicious M&M. Oh, my God. I yeah. can't even bring them in the house. They're not allowed in the house. But I only have like four left in here. And the rest is all the better flavored. Um... So I, I think the ones. pinnacle is M&M peanut. Peanut M&Ms, you know, you just can't oh. deny how yummy they are. You don't like, I don't them. like them. Oh, I love them. I'll eat one. Oh, okay, I'll, here's what I'll say. I don't like regular M&Ms. Plain M&Ms, I don't like them. No, I don't need them. So if I had to choose, then yes, I'll take a peanut M&M, but I'm, I'd rather have an almond M&M. That's the best. Almond, almond M&Ms to me are like the... Um, they're very, oh, they're delicious. They're like high-end M&M's. It's yeah. like, oh, it's a special occasion. Let's break out with the almond M&M's. I'll buy them for Near Edge for like Christmas or whatever because I know he loves them. And then if I'm on my period, I am all about those peanut, peanut, peanut M&M's. M&Ms. I'll buy a bag of them. I'll stick them in the freezer and then I eat them frozen. They're delicious. Delish. Um, yeah, but... I don't like them room temperature. They're too creamy and it makes me gag. But if they're frozen... You like that? Still get kind of a crunch, and then you get that slow melting peanut butter flavor, and it works. But I do suggest trying the butter flavored, just at least for the crispy, because yeah. I like it's a texture thing. Yes, I saw them and I thought, "There's no way I'm going to eat that." But now that I know that they have that little crispy center, yeah. I will totally try them because I love that. Yeah, they're good. I like them. Do you remember a long time ago, man? And this was a long time ago because it was when. Neeraj worked at 7-Eleven, and they would they would bring the test candies to him. And M&Ms made like a coconut chocolate M&M. That was a that was a freaking good. That sounds M&M. good. It had like it had like crispy bits of coconut in it where they had toasted it to the point it was crunchy. I would like them to that make like an almond joy M&M. Have yeah. it be coconut with almond inside. That would be delicious. It that would be, or, or, even better, good. have you had those coconut flavored almonds? They're with like the wasabi flavored almonds over by the almond, yes. like smokehouse almonds. Oh, yeah, I think those are sm- good. I think they might, they might be smokehouse flavored, but they're yes. coconut flavored almonds. They are so yes. good. It, it so tastes good. like you're putting on suntan lotion. And so yeah. that, a coconut flavored almond M&M. I love they, the wasabi almonds. The those wasabi are good too. Soy almonds. I don't oh want an M and M wasabi though. I want a coconut M and M. Coconut yeah. almond M and M. Yeah, the coconut M and M was really good. They had done sort of like everybody got like a very short-lived tropical makeover. Yeah. Um, and one of them was they tried a coconut M and M, which I actually thought was really good. They did like a little makeover to uh, mounds. Where it was not just coconut, but it had like a lime flavor. So it was like a coconut lime robed mm-hmm. in dark chocolate. That was very tasty. Yum. It was good. Didn't last long. No. They, they came and went one summer, I believe. I think you're right, though. That pretty freaking good. That because of, of COVID and the need for kids to have fun and to try to <clears throat> bring some sense of normalcy that the candy industry this year has gone out. 
to try new things like those cookies and cream vampire teeth I brought to you and stuff like that all kinds of fun new candies out there just to I don't know at least get kids fat this give give them something to do eat candy well look at it this way Halloween traditionally a a holiday centered around what getting out of your house and going and begging for candy getting dressed up and getting out of the house right right Something to do. And something to do that isn't just staying inside. So I think... And it's mostly... I don't know if kids are going to trick-or-treat. Well, I think they might. Because if you think I of trick-or-treating, you're most, mostly social distancing from the people you're getting candy from. You're just in in contact for that moment or two. Yeah. And usually, you know, we're, we're not breathing over the bag or, or we don't, you know, we're handing it to them. So they don't really need... I don't... We don't come into physical contact. We're putting stuff in their bag. Based on what it's wrapped in, it's pretty easy to take it home and spritz it down with something like an alcohol spray or a peroxide spray and like, you know, give it some time and okay, now it's sanitary, open it up and eat it. Right. If they, if people even do that, you know, I think it sticks more to cardboard than plastic. I don't really know the rules. I would think so. So it's candy. Just open it up and just eat the fucking candy. God cute candy though i've been looking at the displays and they're getting real cute with it yeah yum i like candy anyway i like the fun gimmicky i've been recording this whole time frankenstein uh did you see the frankenstein reese's pieces cups those are you were telling me that i have to see those the reese's the peanut butter cups are getting really small though like they're shrinking that's okay you just eat more of them it's all right (laughs) So the Frankenstein peanut butter cups, I thought they were so cute. And then they had the Witch's Brew Kit Kat, which had the green marshmallow cream. So the Kit Kats are green. I was like, that's adorable. That's cute. Because they did the orange ones, um, what, a few years ago where you'd get uh, the orange Kit Kat. And they were delicious. I liked them. Were they orange? marshmallow cream. Yeah, they were orange. I don't think I tried those. I've had the white Kit Kat with peanut butter, right? Isn't it a white yeah. with peanut? That's good. There's, it reminds me of an Abba Zabba yeah. back in the day. Abba Zabba, you're my only friend. <laughs> <laughs> what was the other crazy thing that I saw that I thought was really cute? Dang, I can't remember. I'll remember later and shout it out randomly. Just at nobody or anybody who's in my way, I suppose. Well, I'm like, no, this, this kind of makes me happy because if there are no trick-or-treaters, I'm going to have like a shit ton of really fun candy to eat. 